Welcome to The Cross Church. We're excited to bring you these weekly messages. Find out more about us or contribute online at thecross.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, faith family and friends, Pastor Chris, and I'm excited to share with you a new message series entitled With Love. You know, here we are in just the beginning of 2023, and I don't know how 2023 is going for you. I hope, pray it's going really, really well. But here's what I do know. This is that time of year when we really do uh, usually make some kind of decisions about our life. Maybe we're looking at the year itself. And, you know, like in my case, you know, this year I'll become an empty nester and some things like that. And so maybe you were just doing some self-evaluation or maybe you want to do some self-improvement. Maybe you're back in the gym. You're trying to lose some weight trying to adopt a healthy lifestyle. Those things are great. It just it's that kind of goes with this time of year. And and one of the things that happens this time of year which is just awesome. It, it and it is. It is so amazing. Um last weekend, we had the largest crowd on our campus that we've ever had the first week in January throughout our entire over 150-year history. Okay? It just it was just an incredible week. And I was thinking about that because the reality is this, that uh, particularly as we start this series called With Love, uh, the, the, the truth of the matter is this, is that love is the motivator of the Christian life. Um, the light will always take you further than, than duty or discipline ever will. Um, and the reason I know that's true is because if, if losing weight or saving money or whatever, something that we delighted in, that we'd probably do more of those things, right? The things we love to do, the things that give us joy, the things that we get passionate about, man, we just do them. Why? Uh, because our delight is always going to take us further than duty. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about just the people of God, and I've thought about just over the years about just how I've seen people start really strong, and, and then they kind of fall away, and maybe you've experienced that. Maybe maybe that's you. Maybe there's a time you're more passionate about your your faith walk, and Maybe you're kind of coming back to it, or maybe you've been one of those who you've kind of been a little bit shocked and maybe dismayed and maybe, honestly, even let down because you've seen people who started really strong and they, they didn't end real strong. And you're like, how did that happen? Well, you know, there's this scripture. It's found in Matthew 24, verse um, 12 and 13. It says this. It says, because of lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. In other words, because of the times in which we live, and, and truly we do, we do live in times where we do see that evil is called good and good's called evil and those kind of things, um, that the love of people grows cold and that delight goes away. And, and, and Jesus actually told us about this in a parable. If you have a Bible, and I hope you do, go with me to Luke chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 4 through 15. And the way this is going to work, as I'm going to read a little bit, I'm going to talk a little bit, going to read a little bit, going to talk a little bit, because I want you to, to think about where you are today. You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, think of it like this. 10 is just, it's like white hot, and like 1 is like mm, maybe barely over the line of faith, maybe barely saved, right? Where are you? Can't use 5. Where are you? You know, because here's the thing about it. If, if you and I want to be what the Bible call, says that we are to be, then here, here's what I do know. And, and I got one point to drive home with you is this, is that perseverance proves your passion. Perseverance proves your passion. That, that verse right there, it says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. One of the ways that we, we have assurance in our salvation is this, is that we persevere. 
that no matter what we're going through in our lives, that doesn't mean that sometimes we don't take a little step back or what, but it means that it means that generally speaking, we are walking with Jesus. Like we know him, we love him, and you know, it's it's a it's a relationship that has to be cultivated, but yet we we know deep within our heart we we do. We love him. And and here's the thing. Jesus gave us a parable here in Luke 8, and it kind of talks about different people and about why different people fall out at different times. And I think as you and I are here at the beginning of a year, this is so great for us to take an evaluation of our own hearts. And so by way of introduction, let me just read you these verses. It says in verse 4, When a great crowd was gathering and people uh, from town came to him, he said a parable. A sower went out to sow seed. And as he sowed, some fell among the path, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell on the good soil, and it grew, and it yielded a hundredfold. You know, the first thing by way of introduction I'd let you know is this. As you as you think about this, this parable right here, understand it's talking about two kinds of people not four kinds of Christians. Talking about two kinds of people. Now, it's going to give us four different illustrations of soils, but understand, it's really talking about two kinds of people. I'll get there in just a bit. Here's the other thing. The next verse, it says this, and he said these things, and he called out, he who has ears, let him hear. And so what he's saying to us is this, that everyone should listen up. Like, if you're listening to this today, like, don't, don't, don't start getting distracted, doing other things. You need to pay attention to this. Everyone should listen up. In fact, this is kind of like the old town criers they used to have that they'd say, hear ye, hear ye. You know, gather round, gather round, right? Truth's about to hit the ground. I mean, it's, this is what Jesus is saying. You need to pay attention to this. Like, don't, don't just dismiss what he's going to try to drive home here. I remember when I was growing up, I used to have this coach who... His name was Coach Frizzell, and uh, Coach Frizzell was so funny because he never got my name right. Like, he always, I, my name was Chris Seegers, but he always called me Kyle Sargent. I don't know how he called me Kyle Sargent, but for all the years he knew me, he'd be like, Kyle, and I got to the point where I just started answering to Kyle because I knew that's who he was talking about. But one of the things Coach Frizzell would do in his math class is if you weren't paying attention, now times have changed, I understand, he would throw chalk at you. Like, you'd be in your seat and he would just throw a piece of chalk at you. Jesus right here is trying to throw a piece of chalk at some of you. He wants you to pay attention to what he wants to say. And then, and then in verse 9, it says, And when his disciples asked him what, the, was, what this parable meant, he said, uh, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and that hearing they not, may not understand. So you see two kinds of people, not four kinds of Christians in this text. Everyone should listen up. But look at this. Not everyone who listens understands. Not everyone who listens understands. Um, here's the thing about biblical Christianity. It's a revealed faith. Uh, yeah, you can study. There's some things you can learn. But the truth of God, he has to reveal to you by his spirit. In fact, he tells his disciples right here, he said the secrets are going to be revealed of the kingdom are revealed to you, but not to everybody. And Frank, can I ask you a question? Do you want God to reveal the secrets of the kingdom to you? Like in 2023, do you want to have a richness? Do you want to have a fullness? Do you want to have a personal intimacy with him that like very few people have? I'm going to just say something. Some of that starts by you and I just having a desire, a desire because the Bible says this, you'll seek me and you find me when you search for me with all your heart. 
You know, I uh, I have I have some little I have some cousins that have little kids, and um, over the holidays I had a chance to see some of them, and I, I love little kids, and um, I think little kids are fun, and um, uh, I'm glad that I don't have little kids anymore because little kids are hard, but little kids are fun. But I remember I was playing with my 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 cousin's kid, and we're playing hide and go seek. And have you ever noticed that kids are really bad at hide and go seek when they're little? Like they're really bad. Because they think if they hide their eyes, you can't see them. And so I would say, okay, you go hide. And they would. this little girl would go over and she'd just get on the couch and she'd bury her head in the cushions and uh, think that I couldn't see her. And I was going, you know what? This is why little kids are terrible at hide and go seek. Eventually they get better, but at first they're pretty awful at it, right? Here's the thing about it. Not everybody gets it, but you do know that God's not trying to hold out on you, right? God wants you to know uh, his plan for your life. God wants you to know him personally. And so it's important that we don't just bury our head or we move on. Here's the a, here's a last thing by introduction. It's simply this. The message goes as hard as your as deep as your heart's receptivity. The message that God wants to give you, and this is true every week, this is true every sermon you'll ever hear, goes as deep as your heart's receptivity. Verse 11 says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So the, the, in this text, the seed that the farmer threw out is the word of God. And you have to understand something. He's talking about four different types of soils. And those four soils represent the four different hearts that people potentially have. Now understand, two kinds of people, right? Four kinds of hearts. Right? And, and I promise I'm going to clear this up for you. But just remember, two kinds of people, four kinds of hearts. You know, the, the heart is the center of the human. Like in, in, the, in the Greek, that word cardio, where we get our word heart, cardio, and all those things, um, it, it spoke to the mind, the will, and the, and the emotions. In fact, that's why in Matthew 22, 35 through 39, it says this, one day a teacher of the law came to Jesus. He said, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. So this was the Shema. This is what every good Hebrew family taught their children, that you got to first love God and then you're going to love your neighbor. But here's the thing. Um, it's important to, to foster this love. Like, it's impossible for us to get on to our neighbor, right, until first off we love God, then we love ourselves, and, and, and it's imperative that we cultivate this heart of love for God. So here's a question I have for you. How good a listener are you? Because I think sometimes we hear a lot of things. Sometimes we don't listen a lot, right? Like, for instance, there's, there's really some different types of, of listening. For one, there's inactive listening, where honestly, it's in one ear out the other. How many of you have children? You've probably experienced that, right? You just say something. It's like you're speaking a foreign language. They have no idea what you're talking about. There's selective listening. You ever heard selective listening? It's where you just kind of hear the parts that you want to hear. And so it's kind of like whenever I yell up to my kids and I'm like, hey, I need somebody to take out the trash. Nobody hears that message when I say that upstairs. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody upstairs who lives at my house, which is where my children live, hears that message. Because they have selective hearing, right? Sometimes I have selective hearing. I bet you do too. But then there's active. There's active listening. Active listening is where I'm keeping up with the conversation, right? Like I'm following you. I'm appreciative of what you say. Um, however, I don't know that it has that great of impact on me. But then there is reflective listening. Reflective listening. And this is where 
you can repeat what was being said and you understand the ramifications of the of the content being presented to you. I'm trying to challenge you today in this message to simply say this, that perseverance proves your passion. Like some of you are passionate about all different kinds of things, right? You're passionate about your kids' sports, you're passionate about your spouse, passionate about a job, passionate about maybe a new vacation that some of you are already planning for spring break because you can't wait to go on and do something else. That's awesome. But here's the thing about it. Where is your passion for God? Because the seed of God's Word is essential to drop into the soil of your heart. It's got to germinate there, and it's got to change you. It's got to change me. And here's the danger. We have to tend the soil. We have to watch the soil. So I want you to notice these four types of hearts uh, right here in the first. And the first one is this, is the hardened heart. It's the hardened heart. The Word of God falls upon this soil, and the heart is hardened. In verse 12, it says, And the ones along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the Word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. So this first seed, think about this, falls along the path. And the path is it's, it's like falling on the asphalt. And it says that as it fell, it fell into these rocks, this rocky soil, the soil, the, the word couldn't take root, then um, it, it, it destroyed. it's destroyed. The, the seed goes away and the people don't believe and, and they don't experience salvation. Um, three things that are true about that soil. One is this, they're undone by Satan's strategy because it says right there, calls him out. It says, then the devil comes and takes it away. Do you not understand that the enemy knows your buttons? Like, I don't know how, how it works at your house, but, uh, you know, you do know that you um, know, if you're married, you know the buttons you can push in your spouse that will send them from zero to ticked off like that, right? You know that. Your children, as they grow up in your home, your children, they learn how you're wired a little bit, and they learn how to set you off as well. You do understand that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, ready to devour anyone he can. And you understand he knows your weaknesses and he knows my weaknesses. He knows our tendencies. He's, he's watched our film. He's watched our tape. He understands these things. Um, the, the Bible says in John 10, 10, the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you'd have life and have an abundance, what Jesus said. There's an enemy out there. His name is Satan, and he longs to destroy you and me. And I'm just going to tell you, happens all the time. It even happens in church services that the, that the seed gets taken. Let me tell you how it gets taken. This is why you got to be so careful. If you're a young person, you know what, sometimes you'll be sitting in a service or, or maybe you're watching online and you just start getting distracted by other things. Isn't it amazing how you get so distracted so easy? That's just the enemy just saying, hey, I'm going to take that seed away. The other is this. It says um, that uh, th that unbelief comes in. It takes away so that they may not believe. Unbelief. You know, Hebrews 3.12 says this, Take care, brethren, that there not be any one of you of an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. You understand that whenever people ultimately wind up in eternity, in heaven or hell, that there's, 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 there's only one way people go to heaven, right? And they go through Jesus. That's the only way. The, the exclusive way that people go to heaven is only in and by through Him. However, you do realize that in the same way, while there's a broader road, there's many paths, there's really ultimately one thing that puts all people in hell. You know what that is? It's unbelief. It's unbelief. 
Now, they may act out and they may do all different kinds of things. I mean, they may become all different kinds of people. They can commit all kinds of true crimes. They can, you know, buy into the money lie or the power lie or whatever. They can do all those things. But ultimately, it's the unbelief that Jesus can do what he says he wants to do in your life and my life. And so people, when the, when the seed gets dropped, when the word of God's preached, you know what happens? Enemy plucks it, unbelief sets in, and then here's the thing, they become unresponsive unresponsive, and so they don't believe and they can't be saved. Um, you know, Satan will, com- he will, he will, he would love to beat down your heart to such a degree that nothing can grow. You know, when you think about this, sometimes if you go out just in nature, um, maybe in your backyard, you know, in my backyard I have dogs, and my dogs, uh, they have gotten a, a path that has become a rut in my yard. They always are by the fence, and so they're over there, and so that grass cannot grow on that path anymore. Why? Those dogs have worn that out. What's crazy is right to the right of that path, there's grass. Right to the left of that, there's grass. But there's no grass there on that path where that dog, those dogs continually make that little trail. You understand that the enemy will trample down the soil of your life in such a way that things can't grow there. And I would say this, some of you, maybe you have, you know people like this, you know, people who for their entire lifetime, they've been non-responsive to anything of the things of God. Um, I would say to you, friend, man, we should, we should still continue to pray that somehow the, the seed would land in the soil. Maybe there's some of you, you're listening and you're so skeptical, you're so far off from this, you're just going, you know, this guy's talking about the magical sky fairy or something, I don't know what he's even doing. I want you to know something, friend, be warned. Because the scripture speaks exactly to that kind of condition, to that kind of heart. To be dismissive is to be, is to be hard-hearted. There's another heart that's mentioned. This is a superficial heart. It says this, the, one who, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but they have no roots, and they believe for a while, and in the time of testing, fall away. So now check this out. Some of this, this seed, right, um, fell upon the rocky soil. Now, what that means is this. There was a, a little bit of sediment, and just below that sediment, there was a layer of rock. And so that seed had the ability to take root into just a little bit of soil. And once the root started to, to sprout, um, it was unable to. Why? Because it was shallow, because it was immature, and I would say this, there's a lot of folks that start off with great intentions in, in their faith. They, they start off with great intentions with Jesus. They really do. Um, they're, they're go, they go a little bit deeper than the people with the hardened heart. These superficial people, maybe they come to church or maybe they get in, you know, invited by a friend and maybe there's a certain thing going on in their life and they recognize their need that that they have need of, of God and they're thinking you know this okay this is good and and but what's really happened is this Jesus is just the next thing they try and it wasn't really the sincerity of getting to know Jesus it was I just need this problem fixed and the thing about it is this um they are great with Jesus as long as everything is going their way as they perceive Jesus doing for them what he should be doing. And as long as he's doing what he should be doing, then they go, hey, this is great. I'm going to stay with this. But as soon as they, they get a little disillusioned, as soon, because it says right here, there's going to be testing. There's going to be testing. 
And as soon as the test happens, this is when they begin to bail out. You know, that's the thing about it. Nobody really likes tests, but tests are they're, they're necessary. You know, you take tests in school your entire life. You, you know what, it, it, the test proves that you're able to move on to more advanced lessons. But the reality is this, when it comes to faith, that's the same, it's the same for faith. Testing can do this. It can reveal shallowness. You see, everybody can love Jesus when everything is good. Everybody can love Jesus whenever we think God is doing what God should do. But here's what I think is so dangerous. There's a theology out there by which we kind of put God in our debt. I'm going to do this, and if I do this, then God, Jesus, you need to do that. And as long as I'm doing this and he's doing that, and we kind of think we're getting the deal we should be getting, then we are good. We love Jesus. We'll... But the moment something changes, friend, um, then these, these people bail out. And you do realize something. I don't deserve anything. You know what I deserve? I should be burning in hell right now. I, you, you should be burning in hell right now. If we're not, it's because of the grace and the goodness of God. God owes us nothing and yet he gives us everything. You see, here's the thing about testing. Testing is essential uh, to, to test our progress. You know, you have to be stressed. You, it's stretched, and you have to be tried to see if you're able to endure the things. I mean, the reality is this. All of us have had to go through tests. We do it in our body. We do it with our minds. We have to determine if we are making some kind of progress. And, and, and the thing about it is this, people who have this superficial heart, they don't really want to do anything hard. They don't want to do anything that's, that, that requires the test. And the other thing you got to realize this is that the testing is intended for you. Tests are personal. De Deuteronomy 8.20 says this. It says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. Did you hear that? Like God loves you so much that some of these things you endure and you and I, and I endure that are negative, they're actually the tests that prove our commitment. Like the only way you can, you can have a calling tested is, man, when that calling is, is forged in the fire, the only way that you can know that you're really a person of character is whenever you get squeezed by something that's hard, when you get put in a life circumstance that requires you to respond in faith. And I say this to you because so many people bail out. You know, when I think about this, I think about Job. You remember Job? Uh, Job uh, was, a, was a man who had done nothing wrong. He was a man who, um, you know, God had to deal with Satan. He said, yeah, you can do anything you want to, just don't take away his life. And you know what was fascinating? Job's wife, I mean, the one person you would hope that would be like right there for him. You know what's so funny is that he took away all these things, took away his kids and his cattle and his land, and then, you know, he left his wife with him. <laughs> and I always thought, she must have been a piece of work. But anyway, um, he left his wife, and his wife literally looks at Job at one point and says, you should curse God and die. And you know what Job said? Job said, even if he slays me, I'll ever praise him. And friends, the, the truth of the matter is this. In 2023, I don't know what it's going to look like because every test is individual. Your tests are going to look different than my tests, and my tests are going to look different than your tests. But if you and I are going to develop a heart for God, then listen, listen to me. We're going to be tested. And the question is this, will we have a superficial heart? Because perseverance proves your passion. Say that with me one time. 
perseverance, that you're going to finish, proves your passion. Uh, because notice this third heart, and this is the crowded heart, the crowded heart. And it says this in uh, verse 14, And as for what fell among the thorns, they were those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. This is the crowded heart. This, th these folks last a little bit longer. These folks, um, the, the soil and the thorns. So, you know, the, there's the soil. There were thorns underneath it, and, and it had a hard time taking root. And eventually the thorns grow up and chokes out the seed. It suffocated. Um, the, the reason I, I say this to you is because this is so true of what I think of, of suburban Christians today. I think so many Christians that uh, would want to finish well with Jesus, it's not that they're bad people. You're not, they're not bad people, but they get busy. You've heard the old adage, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. He'll make you really busy. And so he says right here, there's about a few things that happen. First off, there's worry because it says they're choked out by the cares of this world. In other words, they just get so anxious they get worried about this and worried about that, and they just get overwhelmed. And, and then wealth, it says this about them, that, that they, they're choked out by the cares and riches. And so the thing about it is this, they begin to uh, worry and, and want and try to get and sometimes even covet and sometimes, quite honestly, buy things they should, never should have bought. And the truth of the matter is those things begin to own you. You know, that's amazing. We own stuff. If we're not careful, that stuff owns us. So, for instance, we buy an, an, a vacation home or we buy a boat or we buy something. Nothing wrong with those things intrinsically, but it is whenever it takes us away from Jesus and from his mission. And the other is wants. It says in the pleasures. You know, the bottom line is this. They, they just they start wanting things other than Jesus. And, and so notice in these first three, these first three hearts are very, very fascinating because there's the hardened heart, there's the superficial heart, and there is the productive heart. Now, let me just say this. This is speaking up to this point. These three kinds of hearts really represent one kind of person. And can I tell you what kind of person that is? This is an unsaved person. You go, what? It's an unsaved person. Yeah, because look what it says about this productive heart, the last heart, verse 15. But as for the good soil... They are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart, and look at this, and bear fruit with patience. Here's what I want to tell you. It's that, it's that idea of perseverance. It's that idea of finishing. It's the idea of fruitfulness. Jesus cannot imagine a non-fruit-bearing Christian. In fact, Jesus said in John 15, he said, I appointed you to bear much fruit and fruit that would last. Like, like, the truth of the matter is this. Our lives are to be fruit-bearing. And so it doesn't mean that every year is a bumper crop. You know, some years the farmer goes out and he puts the seed in the ground, and, I mean, he has more crop. Man, he, he, he's got to figure out what he's going to do with all that. And some years he gets a few bushels. But you know what he gets every year as a farmer? He gets, a, he gets product. He gets fruit. He gets a harvest question for you, the question for me is this, is our heart, are our lives bearing fruit? Because in these first three people, and this is so scary, because I'm telling you, there's some people in those first three, 
because it's really one person, the lost person, that they know a lot about God. They understand who Jesus is. They might even go to church some, but listen to me. They fall away. And when they fall away, it proves this. They weren't really his because in the love of many will grow cold, right? That's what it says. But he who perseveres to the end will be saved. And look what it says right here. It says, but those in the good soul, hearing the word, hold fast to it. So the first thing is this, they persevere in the word. I mean, they persevere in the word of God. Like the word of God is central to their life. They persevere in their witness because it says, they hold fast in an honest and a good heart. In other words, they are out there in the world. Man, they're trying to be a redemptive force for Jesus. And then they persevere in their work because ultimately fruit bears in their lives. You know, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Their being is changing. And when your being it changes, so does your doing. You know, you, you, you have this incredible impact in the world as your fruit of your life, the fruit of the Spirit is ratcheting up and you're working that out with your hands, you're having an impact in the world. And it all starts with this productive heart. So the question I have for you today is this. Which one of those kind of people are you? You know, the reality is, and it's just the reality, one of the scariest texts I ever hear is when it says that on that day, there's going to be people who come up to Jesus and they say, hey, we, we cast out demons in your name. We did all these things in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. I think those are the scariest words in all the Bible because I think it speaks to some of these hearts. Well-intentioned people. You know, the, the hard soil, hey, we get that. Man, they're just some people that are hard-hearted. They're just, they're never going to open themselves up to God's Word. But, but the superficial? Man, there are some that, I mean... They, they've made a deal with God and, 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 and they hope they think that deal is working and maybe that's you. You've made a deal with God. God makes no deals. You understand that maybe there's that, that crowded heart where, man, we're going to do really good until we have to now then go do these other things. And, and there's certain times of the year that we just sort of walk away from faith. And I would just say, friend, listen to me. Man, we want to be people of that productive heart. We want to be people... That man, we persevere into the end because perseverance, right, it proves our profession. Those that go to the end will be saved. You know, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask this question. Do you know Jesus? If you don't, you know, you can make my, my prayer uh, your words. Nothing magical about this, but you say, Dear Jesus, I ask that you'll forgive me my sins in the best way I know how. I want to invite you in my life to be my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer with me, right there. Don't want you to do this. Reach out to us. Man, if you need to reach out to us, uh, you can do it online if you're on one of our, our platforms there during this broadcast. Because friend, here's what I want to tell you. This is the year that we see our affections rise for the Father. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, it is with love that you came to this planet. It is with love that you have rescued and ransomed us. And I pray that with love, our lives would respond back to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.